0: Hello, and welcome to the Coast to Coast College Admissions Podcast. Each week, we talk about different college admissions topics and answer those tough questions you may be dealing with
1: concerning getting into the college of your choice. We know how difficult this process can be, so each week, we try and make it easier to navigate. Now, here's your host, Anna Wren and Mark Hofer. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Coast to Coast College Admissions Podcast. So, in our series on first-generation college admissions. We're excited to bring on the show guests. So today on the show, we have Alex. Alex, would you mind introducing yourself?
0: Yes, um, I wouldn't mind, Anna. Thank you for having me. I'm delighted to be here with you and all of your listeners. Um, my name, like you said, is Alex, Alex Stefanovska, and um, I went to Georgetown undergrad and grad, actually, um, and right now, I work in management consulting as well as advise students uh, that are interested in pursuing an MBA in uh, business.
1: How exciting! So, you're also like Mark and I, um, which are educational consultants as well. So, tell us a little bit about your own college search as a first generation student.
0: Yeah, well. Um, Just to set the story like about my background in a way a little bit more detailed, I arrived in the U.S. about 15 days before my freshman year of high school and Most of my cousins that I had in the U.S. hadn't gone through college admissions yet, so there really wasn't anybody to help guide me through it. And my parents barely spoke a word of English, so um, they couldn't help me as well. So I felt like a lot of the process was, um, you know, left up to me. And so picking out the schools was entirely up to me, trying to apply, figure out, when I apply, and determining whether or not, you know, we could afford the schools <laughs> was also something that was just completely um, my battle. And so I learned a lot of things along the way that I can I can share with you and with everybody um, as well, but, in, you know, my lessons learned in a way about the college admissions experience that I had or the application process was basically... One, um, I procrastinated a lot, so I would recommend to others to not procrastinate. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I thought that all schools were, I'll say, created equal. So, for example, I applied to a lot of schools that were either local or even within the state of Michigan, that would um, sort of give me a chance at the scholarship, because for me finances were a big thing. So in some ways, I tried to secure a lot of safe options for myself. But in hindsight, looking back, the lesson that I would recommend to others to you know, learn from me is um, I probably wasted time that I could have spent preparing some other other essays and applications by focusing only on the schools that I really wanted to get into. So I probably got into like 20 schools 15 of them, I don't even remember today. Like one of them was Northeastern Michigan University, another one was Madonna University. They're all, in a way, like good local schools, but I seriously had no intention of going there. So, um, and I didn't apply to enough reach schools. (laughs) Georgetown was one that I did apply to, and I did get in, so a part of me always wondered should I have applied to more reach schools and, and, you know, given myself a true chance. So the lesson there being don't judge yourself. It's not your job to be the admissions officer. Your job as the student is to, you know, come up with those couple of options, whether they're the reach option, you know, the, um, the good option that you would be happy at. And then the safe option that, you know, you would be as, is very successful getting into. Does that answer your question, Anna?
1: It does, it does. So how did you um, start, I guess, because you didn't have family as support, how did you end up looking for your schools, so to speak?
0: Yeah, um, I had some very good counselors at the school and the part that I would just comment on on that note is my brother and I went to the same high school Um, we obviously based on our last name belong to the same high school guidance counselor and uh, that we were assigned to I ended up switching counselors because I felt like the counselor that I was assigned wasn't necessarily addressing all of my questions that I wanted. And also, there was another counselor that uh, was a mentor for a couple of the clubs that I was in, and she sort of saw my potential. And she was also, in some ways, type A, like I am. <laughs> and she saw the fact that I was driven. So uh, she fully supported that switch. But I say, I start with that to say, All of us have a support network, regardless, you know, if it may not be our family, it may be our teachers, it may be our friends, it may be our um, grandparents, it may be our counselors. And sometimes if there is not an initial fit, you can reach out to to others for help. So my guidance counselor that really sort of came through for me, her name is Ms. Zan, Ms. Connerway, I should say. And I still remember to this day uh, her you know, telling me that I would do well, and her encouraging me to apply to more schools, and her encouraging me to just dream big. And I I just want to share one anecdote from somebody else that I didn't quite think of as a mentor in my life at that point. We had a really um, tough, really tough calculus teacher, And as I'm remembering this, it brings a smile to my face because he did have this sort of dry sense of humor. And sometimes everybody perceived him as really mean to us. He wouldn't take any, you know, joking from the students and any excuses. Um, And he was just really strict. Um, One day I had asked him if I could get out of class in order to go to a college info session that was being hosted by North Eastern University, uh, and that's in Upper Michigan, the Upper Peninsula. And something that he said to me really stuck, which was, you should accept the fact that you're not going to go there. The schools that you're going to go to are higher ranked, and you should go to schools like Notre Dame and even Purdue, and he was from Purdue. Um, And you should not waste your time or waste my class time to go to things like this and at the time I thought wow what a jerk <laughs> I really did I part of it was like oh my god I, I don't think this person understands that I need a full ride somewhere money is a big issue maybe this is the school for me and if I don't go to this info session <laughs> as well I may not end up anywhere I may be stuck, right? I may be stuck staying at home, um, and I really didn't want to go away. I may be stuck paying for college. All those thoughts were going through my mind, and I really did um, think that he was out of touch um, with my reality. But at the same time, it was an encouragement of my abilities, and it was a lesson that years later would stay with me about how I spend my time and what I focus on.
1: What an interesting story. I was like, what is he going to say? Um, But (laughs) clearly, it's great when you have teachers that can see your potential um, and kind of be your own advocate until you get there. Exactly. So, um, you said you can't remember all the schools you applied to. You did say you applied to like 20 schools, though. Um, How did you decide on that number, and is that a number you would recommend?
0: I'll, um I wouldn't recommend that number as I said I sort of probably fifteen of them were safe schools that I probably wasn't serious about attending um, in some ways they were a reassurance that I can get in in into schools in other ways it was an effort for me to collect scholarships to know that I can afford school. Um, but at the end of the day, in some ways, it was me um, hiding behind, you know, the the, the school options that, um, you know, I really wasn't dreaming about. And I didn't apply to Harvard. I, I don't even remember applying. Um, I think I remember wanting to apply to both Harvard and Princeton and the Ivy Leagues. But at the time, frankly, like, I just didn't know too much about those schools and not a lot of people from my public school from outside of Detroit were going to Ivy League schools so I didn't have anybody to coach me and tell me um, frankly anything most people that I talked to within um, Michigan were telling me, "Oh, you know, you should go to the University of Michigan in Ann Arbor." And luckily for me and for many others, you know, that is a really good state school, um, very well ranked and recognized. But it's not, you know, it's not something that's for everybody. And and one thing that I did know early on was that I didn't want to go there. I wanted to go a little bit far away, and so a lot of a lot of things were guesswork for me. The school that I really knew that I wanted to go to was Georgetown Dove. I had done a summer program at Georgetown um, that I was nominated for and ended up fundraising money to attend as a junior in high school. And I fell in love with the campus. I was doing a program on foreign policy and diplomacy. It wasn't sponsored by the university itself. It was a junior statesman of America, but I really enjoyed the international atmosphere, the having students from all over the states and even the world um, and the discussion that we had in the classes. And I really didn't feel (laughs) like there was any other school that could operate for me. So in some ways, it was really good that I applied to Georgetown as my only like reach school because it, it was truly the only school that I wanted to go to. Um, in, in hindsight, what I would recommend to people is to pick two to three reach schools to apply to and then um, two to three sort of safe schools um, that they would also like to go to. The other, and I just wanted to add one more aspect to this, which is, the money portion. So I I remember that there were application fees for applying to schools. And I think one of the reasons why I applied to the schools that I applied to, why most of them were sort of like the sure fit, was that I had the fee waived. And ah. I could, you know, just in a way... Um, Drop my application. Some of them didn't, re, you know, didn't demand interviews. Many of them at the time I don't remember even requiring essays. So I imagine that right now with you know the common application as well, it's it's just as easy to apply to a ton of schools, especially if you do have a few ways. But I wouldn't recommend that as a good investment for your time. I would just recommend being really thoughtful, thinking about the size of the school that you would like to go to, the kind of environment it has, whether it has a city feel or a, or like a remote feel. And for me, like I said, Georgetown fit all of my criteria, even though I didn't really identify that criteria. So the criteria would have been, what kind of a diverse body does it have? Uh, if it's, Is it close to a city? Um, is it relatively small and not, you know, not 20,000 people? For me, 20,000 was just a huge number to think about. Um, so the criteria that I was thinking of really was a fit with Georgetown without me really thinking about that criteria.
1: (laughs) Well, that all worked out really well then.
0: It did, yeah.
1: Um, what do you value most about having attended college, um, just because, you know, as a first generation, it typically means no one else in your family, um, like your parents, for example, had attended college previously. Um, so what do you think you have valued most about the experience? Um,
0: I would say the independence. Um, the opportunity to go somewhere and to be able to make a decision sometimes on my own um but you know it's it's and I'm, I'm just sort of reflecting about it there, there are a lot of things that I, I like about and i value about college the friendships the the which end up being an alumni network um the the relationships the exposure to to learning and to a way of thinking that before that i wasn't accustomed to um completely changing my environment completely changing my options for the future Um, you know my parents my dad still works in a factory in michigan Uh, my mom used to work in hospitality and as a housekeeper and um and so you know Coming out of there, I could have thought that my life has to revolve around those options as well, but it didn't. And, and I think that's where some of the, you know, the reason why I chose the word independence is what I value the most, because by removing myself completely from what my circumstances were, uh-huh. about everything that's possible so i didn't have to think anymore about staying within one zip code i didn't have to think anymore about what are what are the jobs that i could have in michigan i didn't think i have to think about um you know finishing really quickly or even at, because of my scholarship even really the cost of education i could just really immerse myself in the learning and make decisions that would eventually set me up for a successful lifestyle and if i was really dependent on my family um, for both guidance and and or their prior experiences i wouldn't have had many of the opportunities that I have today
1: and I love wow. my
0: I don't mean it in any negative way right it's just uh-huh. a, a fact that being thrown into a new environment where it's a little bit about sink or swim type of thing but I think the thing is most first generation students swim they swim very successfully most of us are hardworking we would find a way to accomplish our dreams. And sometimes, frankly, when somebody tells us that something is not attainable, we will work extra hard to prove them wrong. Um, So all of those aspects.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, that's all wonderful. Is there anything, I mean, you had said that you wouldn't apply for 20 schools again. Uh, Is there anything else you would change about the... Admissions process if you if you could go back in time or knowing what you know now or just based on your experience
0: Oh, yes, I would change a lot of things so um, one of the things is I'm just gonna start sort of like telling you a little bit about each experience and summarize it and then move on to another (laughs) Because there's quite a few of them. So one of them is um, I would stop living with assumptions and thinking that I knew the answers so for example I could have and should have involved my parents a little bit more into the discussions and yes sometimes my parents would not have been helpful so for example my dad said to me you know you can apply to Georgetown but it's no use because we can't afford tuition and tuition it was more than my parents are together in the year so um you know, a comment like that can backfire, but what I didn't take the opportunity for was to explore the financial aid process with my dad and to say, okay, if this is the cost and this is how much scholarship I get, um, you know, what do you think would be my other living expenses? How do you recommend I save money? Should I work outside of class those discussions that really, I was just making assumptions that I'm going to have to work and have work study. I'm going to have to have that in some way, shape or form or get a scholarship and just felt a lot of pressure about those things. When in fact, for example, my dad is really financially savvy and prudent and um, knows how to save money. So I could have benefited from his mindset if I wasn't really overwhelmed by everything and in a panic mode myself so not make assumptions about things that you don't know just ask open-minded questions and try to understand whether it is your parents or other people Um, ask a lot of questions from people that have gone to college so ask them how did they afford going to college how did they apply to college Um, and I'm sure that you know you're podcast and series is really helpful to students so thank you Anna for for doing that um, because I think we sometimes we don't know who to, who to ask and who to listen to so in a way there is no nobody wrong to listen to as long as they don't tell you you can't do something
1: <laughs>
0: in which case it may still inspire you but um, my point being ask questions and just listen you don't have to take everybody's Thoughts as decisions for you, as being right fit for you, but try to understand their position. Um, a really practical tip for me would be to just get organized and to understand the process beginning to an end. And yes, that one also goes back to asking the question. So, whether it's from your high school counselor or somebody, you know, just saying, What is the deadline? When do I need to apply for? schools? When should I take those tests, the standardized tests? Um, Are there any information sessions for my parents for me to attend? Uh, Just getting yourself as aware of what you have access to and the resources, because the reality is you are aware, and putting those things on a calendar. So we think we can remember everything. Um, and not miss deadlines, but I would just highly encourage people to start working early on. My 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 biggest advice would be around the essays, which is to start early. The essay topics are listed from early summer um, for for the fall, and there's no reason why you should be doing it last minute like I was. And luckily. <laughs> exactly right you could you could probably sense the dread in my my sound but uh, in my voice but I I was lucky that I was in an English AP English class and the teacher had asked us to use the essays as one of like the assignments the college admissions essays as an assignment and I'll be honest in all of high school I had not gotten a grade lower than like an A minus minus and I got a C-plus on my college admissions essay. And luckily wow. that was the first draft, right? Because luckily he had, he had asked for me to turn this into to him a couple of weeks before it was actually due to the school so I could work on revisions, and actually it was a couple of months before it was due. But had he not done that, I would have submitted my first draft just sort of wait until the last minute and write when I felt that inspiration. Well, that wasn't the smartest way to go. And I was lucky that he made us write our essays as a part of the class. I did end up getting that essay also to an A grade, but it was sort of like kicking and screaming, (laughs) thinking, Uh oh my God, why is he doing this to me? Instead of really being thankful for the fact that I got to have somebody give me feedback on my writing, get me to improve it, and then eventually get a scholarship based on that essay, right? It, It was a very good investment to spend a lot of time revising that essay for me.
1: Wow, that's such wonderful advice, and the reason I laugh is just because I feel like you're a very organized person, um, but, you know, maybe that was not as much the case in high school, or, you know, it's just you thought to put it off the essays, and I think a lot of kids do, but the good news is, like you said, so many high schools these days make it an English assignment, so that kids can't even try to put put it off if they want to.
0: Yes, and, and, and I would say... I was probably even more organized in high school. I was a part of probably like 10 clubs and God knows, you know, all these things that I was doing that right now I can't even imagine how I found time in a day to do everything that I did. And I, I did it because I was so organized, but I think I procrastinated on the essays in particular because it was just such a big deal. This wasn't an assignment. This was, and even for assignments, I would do them last minute, like the night before they were due. And they were always great. So they were always good enough for an A. But I I think there was this fear in me and this anxiety that, oh my God, no matter what I write, it's not going to be good enough. And somehow what made sense to my 17-year-old mind was, but if I wait enough, there may be that genius moment that comes in and I can just have the best essay that I've ever written and wait for it. And like I said, that moment sort of came, that ex- the thought came before my was <laughs> due for class and it needed revision. So um, I think a lot of I, I don't think that I'm in mean, unique, like you said, I think a lot of students are organized, they have to do a lot of things, um, but they can still hide, perhaps like I did, out of fear that it may not be good enough, um, mm-hmm. but I would say the only way to to address that fear is to start early and to go through a number of revisions, and you, know, you may think it's not fun to do that, but... You, you probably know this from me. One of the things that I think about is investment of your time. So I'm just going to say this <laughs> before we go to um, another question or concluding, which is um, if you think about the investment that you put in into your essays, so let's say that you spend one, one hour drafting an essay, or one hour outlining, then one hour drafting, and then a couple of hours revising an essay, I, I would say, in some you probably spend about 10 hours writing a good essay, and then you could send it to others for review. Um, with that, those 10 hours, you could win scholarships, um, with that investment of ten hours and that essay, you could win scholarships. That same essay could be repurposed for admission. That same essay um, can get you a, you know, a full ride or whatever it may be, a scholarship somewhere else. So, in summary, it can get you scholarships. Right. They're going to be worth, even if they're worth a thousand dollars. And let's say that you invested ten hours of work. What it comes up to is that you just made a hundred bucks an hour. And I don't know any other like high school students, frankly, that make 100 bucks an hour. And they say that to really make everybody that's listening to this think really about where they're spending their time. So whether that's, mm. you're gonna watch your TV show. Great, watch the TV shows, but watch them after you did this investment into yourself, into your future. Just, you know, take the step to draft the essay and then watch the TV show. Um, don't look for a job that pays you eight bucks an hour or five bucks an hour in my time. Because in reality, when you're going to, the money that you're going to gain in that, you're going to spend right away and they're never going to pay an <laughs> entirely, entirety for your college tuition. But this essay might. And so, um whenever people tell me that they're sort of too busy to start drafting their essays, I always say, okay, let's take a look at what you're doing. And sometimes people tell me, oh, I'm, I'm looking for a job to earn some money so I can, you know, go to a concert or something like that. And oh. I always say, it's good to go to that concert, but you know what? Get your essay done and then go to find a job that pays you that small amount of money because this these essays can really pay for your future. So I hope you agree with me on that one.
1: I absolutely do, and that's a unique way of putting it for for sure because I don't know that enough kids um, consider it in that way.
0: Yeah, I, 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 my, like I said, I think – if I had more discussions with my dad about money, I probably would have valued my time a little differently. And um, I think when I work with students for graduate level admissions for a masters in business, right, many of them do think in time is money type of formula. And for them, this kind of mindset is natural. But I wish that it was taught early on in our lives. And I wish that all of us, especially first generation students, understood that concept because most of us don't have the benefit of parents that, you know, talk about investment right. at the dinner table. So, um, I do hope that if if people take away one thing from our interview, it is the fact that the time invested on what, whether it's the essays, which I highly recommend, or the application process is going to yield result, give them results that are really, really life-changing and that they should invest the time.
1: Wonderful, thank you so much time for your, awesome. thank you so much for your time today, Alex, and sharing so much insightful feedback and, you know, tips on how to help this next generation or first generation college students. And I think a lot of this is applicable not only to first generation students, but any student applying to college and their families. So thank you again. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to the Coast to Coast College Admissions Podcast, where we make getting into college easy
0: and fun. Don't forget to go over to iTunes and subscribe to get updated each week when we release a new episode. Also, for more helpful college admissions information, visit our website
1: at www.c2ccollegepodcast.com.